0: everyone. This is Lindsay Hanari and Carmen Kadir, and we are the hosts of Never Mind the Gap, a podcast exploring the gaps that are present from every aspect of our life. And in thinking about today's topic, episode three, uh, both Carmen and I really gravitated towards what we call the communication gap, which is the difference or the gap between what someone else is saying versus what you're hearing and vice versa. How what you say is interpreted by what others hear and how do you create impactful communication? And the goal of today's episode is The key of effective communication is actually not in the talking, but in the listening and not just in the workplace, but in our interactions with our family. And because this is the end of the year when there's some pretty high stakes conversations um, both end of year bonuses raises as well as family and getting together with extended family at the end of the year, boy, things
1: can get really
0: charged.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, I, I'm Carmen Kadir and very excited to be on this third episode of Nevermind the Gap. And, you know, I, I, th- I thought it was really wonderful what you just said, especially the piece about Delivering an impactful messaging. Um, I, I think that's really important because there is a lot that can get lost. And, you know, the, the listening piece is, is obviously the most important part of communication. What are we really taking in? Um, and how are we not making assumptions? So, you know, I find that a lot of times we make assumptions behind. Uh, communication, and it's because we're really not actively, you know, exercising good listening skills. And um, Assumption, you know, can sort of pivot what you are thinking the conversation is headed in a specific direction, versus maybe trying to get more analysis behind, you know, what is actually being communicated.
0: Yeah, um, I just finished a Summit um, to get those extra continuing education units um, so that I can continue saying I'm an ICF certified coach Uh, just like you know legal or medical we are required to continue our education and develop our profession and the host of this Uh, summit, her name is Annie Gelfand, and she's a master certified coach and just delightful. And we really talked about assumptions because as coaches, we're supposed to listen and go where the client goes. And she had this great expression is that we're just these assumption machines on two walking sticks. We make assumptions about everything. (laughs) Um, And if you think about, you know, a workplace dynamic or an interaction, or even people that, you know, dear and well, like family members, we're constantly making assumptions and that definitely impacts our communication.
1: Yes, and I, I think, you know, going back to that, the assumption piece, I think when we make assumptions, we do not have, you know, sufficient access to information that can, you um, bring us to have a better understanding of what's going on. So I think it's important to make an analysis behind, you know, what has actually happened. So when something's actually happening in the workplace to actually dig a little bit deeper and act, ask more powerful questions behind, you know, what is unfolding. And I don't think that we do that. I don't think that we take a step further and say, um, you know, when, when, when something's occurring, you know, can you actually explain to me a little bit more, what, what do you mean by that statement or what do you mean by that comment? And I'll just give you an example that I encountered recently about um, a specific medical unit. There was a, a daytime shift worker and a nighttime shift worker that really was not doing the handoff um, appropriately. And handoff, I mean, like actually communicating with one another about what was going on um, in the unit in the daytime that the nighttime shift person needed to know about so that they can continue to carry their task over. and some things were missing and all we knew was that there was poor communication <laughs> so in this harvard business review article that they actually labeled poor communication is often a symptom of a different problem um and the authors were uh, is art markman and i think it was fascinating because he talks about that he talks about um that it actually is a symptom and you know it's important before we leap into action Um, in the process that can create more works for ourselves to actually think of the complaints about the communication problems in a different way so you know there is a signal that something is wrong but perhaps it's not the problem so again jumping into assumptions and not actually doing appropriate analysis behind what the miscommunication is on I think is 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 fascinating it's very important and I like how he highlighted this in this article
0: yeah and It's assumptions. And it's also something else that we all do. Um, Sometimes we're aware of it. Sometimes we're not. You ever thought you're listening to someone and all of a sudden you've got the perfect answer or a solution or a point. And all you can think of is making that point and where you can interrupt or intersect the conversation. Um, And what we're really doing is we're we're listening to react. Mm-hmm. We're not listening to hear the other person and what's going on. And you, know, the moment we start thinking about our answer, um, you know, we stop listening. And it could be we we've got the answer they're looking for, or we want to offer advice, or we want to solve, or we want to rescue. Um, you're not listening anymore, and you're not really helping. Um, and so the this idea of effective communication really isn't as much about what you're saying, but about listening to the other person. And it, it also prevents us, if you think about if we're listening to react, to answer, solve, or what have you, well we're making assumptions of what the other person needs. And I'm reminded of a very funny video clip that we were shown uh, in this training about making assumptions. And it's called, It's Not About the Nail. And there's a couple and you only see a profile of the woman and she's talking about how something's not right, she's not sleeping well, she has a splitting headache. Um, You see uh, her partner looking at her about to say something and the camera pans out, she's got a nail sticking right out of her forehead. And of course, what she's talking about are symptoms (laughs) related to having a nail stuck in your forehead. And (laughs) he keeps pointing out, but you have, but, but, and she's like, you're not listening to me. It's like, but you have a nail, but you're not listening to me. (laughs) And you see him pause. He gets it. And he's like, wow. So you're really tired and you're in a lot of pain and gosh, that must be tough. She's like, yes, I just wanted you to listen. You're finally starting to get it. And you see the clip of him biting his lip, knowing that there's a nail, but that's not what she wants to talk about. And the breakthrough comes when it's not about the nail, because again, we're making an assumption.
1: Right. I mean, I, I actually love that example. It's, it's really, it's a really funny one, but it's true. It's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of times what we're hearing is what we're perceiving. I mean, what, what is in front of us. But again, what is deeper beneath all of that is where I think the lacking comes in. And listening well, and, and this I, I think is very true, um, has to do with having, you know, great attentiveness. So to so where you're signaling to people, you know, I'm 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 going to respect what you're saying, I am respecting, and I am listening to to what you're the message that you're conveying to me. And I actually think this is really important in the workplace because of organizational structure when we talk about mm-hmm. that. So true attentiveness, you know, signals to people of different ranks and roles, you know, I am listening to you, despite if you're at a higher role or position than someone is. Um, It provides that sense of curiosity too, because you're able to actually dig a little bit deeper and find out what's the true meaning, what's meaningful about what this individual is trying to say to you. And it even provides some level degree of humility um, to be able to say, Okay. So like in this example, you just get said about the nail where he was like, okay, so that's what you wanted to talk about and not the nail, but there is a nail, you know, sticking out of you. So, but to be humble about it, to be humble and say, you know, let me just repeat what you're saying, you know, to make sure that I'm actually getting this right. Um you know or can you repeat that again to make sure that i'm i'm correct with my thought process in this so to show humility in a conversation i think is is actually a big deal and it helps you better understand really what the outcome of that conversation really is about right
0: and it it brings into you know something you mentioned earlier about transparency and communication a lot of times people will be afraid to say hmm i lost i lost the theme or or you can just say notice it hey i noticed that i switched into solving and i stopped listening and it's that tip right of uh, notice it you know you're sort of out of that listening mode name it am i trying to answer am i trying to defend myself am i trying to offer advice or to solve something and then you have a choice to release it. And then you go back to asking them to repeat themselves. Hey, I just slipped into trying to solve something and made an assumption. Can you please repeat so I have it correct?
1: And to that last piece, I, I love that to, to repeat it to make sure I have it correct. You know, leaders, if they were to do this, this would create a more inclusive environment, I think, too. In an organization where they would sort of relinquish a measure of their control over the content right so a lot of them are so used to having that control of the conversation it's sort of like a one-sided type of conversation and in this way it becomes an open-ended two-sided conversation so they are relinquishing that measure of control over the content that's being shared across because they're actually asking um you know can you repeat that am i hearing this correctly so and I think that's the best way, um, to your point, to create, um, you know, trust and authenticity as well. I think that's really important to do that. And rather it, it's in the workplace and even in the home space, you know, to to have that building trust and relationships between parents and children, um, to be authentic and authentic leader, to be transparent and to share really what the core of the problem is, not symptoms of the problem, Um, and and to have co-ownership of some of those issues in in the organizational structure but you know this brings me to one other piece and this was another Harvard Business Review article by Brooks Holton that she wrote by with two other authors on um, what are some important tips for communicating with employees during a crisis and I thought that you know, it was one of actually my favorite articles that I've read during the pandemic and everything that we have been going through in the last couple of years with our environment just being, you know, ever-changing and not knowing day-to-day what was unfolding. Um, this particular author, you know, Brooks Holton really hits the nail on the head about the best way to communicate, um, when conversations are charged or when there's a crisis is to communicate with some sense of urgency and here's a second one that you had mentioned recently was transparency and empathy so those three in particular
0: yeah and not even in a crisis but when you're trying to get work done or for a lot of people who are managers or even leaders getting work done through others Is having the transparency and the empathy of what do things look like from their viewpoint Mm -hmm. and what might they be going through. Doesn't necessarily mean that you don't ask things of them, but maybe how you ask or the questions um, that you ask them to get a sense of where they are. And, you know, going back to, I guess, the final point is, again, the moment we start thinking about our answer, we stop listening and not only heated conversations at work, but, you know, as we all go home and we spend time with our families and extended families, um, there's a lot of conflict that comes up. We repeat our patterns. Um, the great Ram Das, who was uh, a guru who recently passed away, um, you know, said it best, Mm -hmm. I think you've reached enlightenment, try and spend a week with your parents. And (laughs) I I think what we tend to do, especially when we go home and we we go back into our traditional roles and dynamics Mm -hmm. is when conversations take a specific path, we harden into resistance.
1: We go back into
0: our roles as well. We're defensive, we're defending this person, we're submissive. And instead of hardening into resistance, what would it look like if we softened into curiosity, and just stayed present, and really trying yeah. to listen for what the other person was saying versus just reacting to it?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's very well said, and you, and you bring up that point of of going home because we do sort of revert back to old communication ways um when we get in our comfort zone and i think two things around that is did you brought up transparency you know transparency builds trust with individuals and at the same time you're conveying respect for one another which i think is is really important um because you're both again co-sharing what is being discussed rather it's something that's you know, urgent or not urgent, um, and then showing empathy. I love that you said that. Showing empathy and conveying a a message of hope is is also very important, and that can yes foster you know resilience when there's challenging times or charged conversations. So, I think those two pieces to to not making assumptions, in addition to not making assumptions and and really actively listening. I think transparency and being empathetic are key aspects of formulating a two-way bi-directional conversation that's very honest, um, open, and that could really alleviate a lot of unnecessary work for both individuals or for all the parties that are involved.
0: Yeah. So as we move into the end of the year and the holiday season and all of the wonderful and, and admittedly also stressful elements. Um, our wish to you is that these conversations can help you navigate not just your world of work, but those with whom you live and love. And I can say this has been a really fun and nice addition you know, to my professional endeavors uh, this year, Carmen. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I I really hope that you know all of our listeners and is you know especially you and your family have a, a beautiful holiday season. Um, I hope this episode has brought a lot of value to everyone as you're wrapping up uh, this fiscal year in the workplace and you know asking yourself in the new year, I may want to actually develop better listening skills and better communication skills um, that could enhance my professional growth and development. And and also at home, you know, how can you implement some of that at home so that there's better relationships there as well? So thank you to all of our listeners. And, you know, you can catch this episode of Nevermind the Gap, um, Communication Gap on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a variety of other different podcast platforms. We look forward to continuing to have these meaningful conversations with all of you in 2023. And it's just been a wonderful journey so far with with you, Lindsay, as well. So thank you so much. Be
0: well, everyone.